We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hello, friends. By now you've heard me talk about the new brand of water that looks like tall boys of beer, Liquid Death. This crisp, refreshing mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors is by far and away the best brand of water on the market. One of my favorite aspects of Liquid Death is that most water companies use plastic bottles, which is beyond terrible for the environment. Most of the plastic you throw into a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. But aluminum is infinitely recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities, hence why Liquid Death uses aluminum cans. Most importantly, the water tastes great. I can't get enough of the lime sparkling water and my family has been drinking them nonstop. It's always fun seeing our sons get crazy looks as they are downing tall boys out in public as well. If you haven't tried Liquid Death yet, what are you waiting for? You can get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or find a Liquid Death retailer near you using their store locator at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google play tune in stitcher or spotify and of course you can always check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, how are you doing this week? 
I'm doing good. And and welcome to all of the YouTube viewers yes. as well. Uh, Andy has saddled us with creating video content this week as well. So <laughs> our sincerest apologies. Two weeks ago, we said you probably won't have to see us for a while. And That's true. And here we are. So, We're back. Yes. You know, it, don't worry. Andy will be back very soon. Yeah. You won't have to deal with us two yahoos very long. But, like, I, I kind of feel like Sunday kind of solidified that last gasp of a, a playoff chance for, for Green Bay, yes. right? You can yeah. say there's a 2% chance all you want, but, like, <laughs> no. And so I happening. think there's 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 certainly things that we can be optimistic about, and that's the stuff that gets us excited, you know, when – chasing a Lombardi is not really an option going yeah. forward. So, you know, how are the young players playing? How will the rest of the season impact the future makeup of this roster? So still finding ways to be really pumped about the rest of the year and the early off season and, and really seeing how things play out that are going to help set those roster building things that you and I find really exciting. Yeah. Some people are probably down about this stuff, but I mean, we get pretty jazzed about getting to watch Jordan Love for a few plays at the end of that game. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a good time watching things like Christian Watson just continue to impress. It's all been really fun, even in the mixture of what we haven't really expected this season being. But um, there's a lot of fun to be had watching this team. And the Packers may not be playing the way that they want to be. They might not have the record that we thought that they might when this season began. I remember we did, man, we did our record prediction show and we were like 12 and four. I think I threw out a 13 and three, like, this is not what we expect. Well, none of those are options because they play 17 <laughs> games. Well, geez. Okay. We've probably said 13 and 4. Jeez. Math. What are you going to do? <laughs> so <laughs> it's wrong from the start. But not where we thought this team was going to be. But it is Bears week still, right? And there's something to be excited about there. So we're here today to help you get prepped for this Bears-Packers matchup when they go to Chicago. Um, and we're going to talk about our key matchups and X-Factors like we always do. We're going to dive into this Bears team, their roster, and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in the football game. And then, of course, we're, we're not going to get out of the show without giving you your favorite X-Factor predictions for this week so that you can tell us how wrong we were. So let's jump right on in here, Andrew. What's your first matchup that you're going to be watching when the Green Bay Packers take on Chicago at Soldier Field? Yeah, I'm going to go with Justin Fields versus the world. <laughs> and and really, like, this is the Chicago Justin Fields is, right? Who it it is. really is. He's the whole team. He's he's the only thing people are talking about. He's been really impressive over the last few weeks. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. But really, like when you dig into it, he's been a very below average passer in the NFL, what he, what he actually gets paid for. Um, in fact, take a look at Pro Football Focus. They're going to give him a 52.2 passing grade, which is, let's just say, not very good. Not good. Um, and they simply just never pass for over 200 yards. So um, then you look at the flip side. He has a 91.3 rushing grade. That would make him the number two running back in the league, right? <laughs> like, so so that, that part uh, is pretty good. And after Sunday night, uh, I, I don't know that we should necessarily assume the Packers can stop a running quarterback. I don't, I don't know. Does it actually matter that it's the scheme's fault? Or if it's just because players can't tackle, I, you know, I, I'm not sure, but a whole lot needs to change for certain. And you cannot let Justin Fields extend drives, make explosive plays over and over and over. I don't think the Packers can keep up with that. And I like the Packers offense 
to have a really good game and build off of what they did in Philly, but they need to have reasonable expectations. And if you can't stop it, this Chicago offense, you are going to have worlds of problems with everybody else. Yeah, I mean, the scary thing is that they started with a warm-up game against Justin Fields. I'm sorry, against Jalen Hurts. And so, obviously, they've warmed up. They're ready. That went well, right, as everybody recalls. <laughs> so, we'll see what happens. Obviously, the elephant in the room is Justin Fields. Is he going to be on the field, right? Everybody's, you know, there's that. They're elevating yeah. practice squad players. They're calling He did have a full day of practice today. So, yeah. I, I so, mean, I, I made this choice based on the assumption he's playing. Yeah, yeah, and, you know. So that's what you got to do. But you're right. I mean, it's Justin Fields is this team right now. So that's how you got to focus going into this game. But he's got to throw the ball to somebody, right? So that's where we're at. I'm going to talk about the Packers secondary versus the Bears wide receivers. And Bears fans have been clamoring for Chicago to give Justin Fields some help for a long time, right? They really didn't do a lot in the way of adding weapons this offseason. I'm not sure that Vilas Jones counts as a significant addition. You can talk about that if you want to. Uh, But then before the trade deadline, they did add Chase Claypool, who was, of course, in the conversation for the Packers and all of that. Um, But he's kind of underwhelmed since his arrival to the Windy City. But this past week, the Bears did place Darnell Mooney on IR. Uh, Claypool himself has been limited with a knee injury. I, I do believe he was upgraded to a full participant today in the Thursday practice. Uh, but then Dante Pettis has been sick with an illness, and he hasn't been able to practice either. So there's obviously questions around uh, the quarterback in Chicago this weekend. We talked about that. We have to assume it's Justin Fields. It's going to be. It sounds that way. But who's going to catch the ball? Who's going to make the plays for this offense? It's a huge question, right? And Cole Komet could be that big target, but I think you're going to look at someone like Claypool, who's less than 100%. Then you got to look at Equinemius St. Brown, who's probably getting most of the targets for this offense. And it's interesting, now that Mooney is out, ESB is the leading receiver for this Bears team, right, who's left on this roster. He leads the Bears receiving group with just 14 catches and 195 yards on the season. That's what they have left. So it's a group. It wasn't a joke. It's for real. Uh, This is a group that the Packers secondary should be absolutely ready to take advantage of. Uh, They should be able to win their matchups, make some big plays in the process. And as a former Packer, right, you pull for guys like Equinemius St. Brown. You want to see those guys succeed. But it's just hard to see him thriving as a number one or even a number two in an offense in general, in particular in this offense where they don't throw the ball all that much. But guys like Rasul and Jair Alexander should absolutely be salivating looking at this matchup that they get to, you know, go up against this weekend. It's a good one. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. And you you would have to think, I mean, nobody was a bigger fan of Equinemius St. Brown than myself. And um, you would have to think he's he's really excited about this matchup, too, given the Packers coverage lapses, given what he knows, given the motivation of the team that just kind of let him walk out the door. Um, If I am Luke Getze and call him plays for the Chicago Bears offense, don't you think he just has to go like quarterback run within the first two plays and just start messing with the Green Bay defense? Just say, okay, try to tackle him. Right. We saw what you did last week. Right, exactly. Do you have any pride at all? Do you care about this season <laughs> that's over? Yeah. Um, and I, I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but also, like, hey, you know, like, Luke Getze's trying to get things done, too. He's trying to prove right. himself as a right. coach. Um, you see a team with the, the kind of historical, uh, abysmal performance that they had 
Like you, you have to exploit that when you have a guy who has arguably an even better skill set, uh, at least as a running quarterback yeah. uh, with Justin Fields. So um, I'm going to go with a couple of the Bears interior offensive linemen versus Kenny Clark. Uh, and I, I selected the center, Sam Mustafer and guard Tevin Jenkins uh, for this one. Um, and really like this, this stems from I am starting to think that there is something wrong with Kenny Clark. He went from unblockable to really just a pedestrian yeah. kind of player. Right, and right. and normally I would infer this is a this is injury related, right? But we haven't really heard that. Mm. But then you look at it a little bit more in depth. He's taken six hundred and six snaps on the season already. Mm. Uh that's just way, way, way too many for a nose tackle. And they have to be able to give him a break from time to time. And I would not be adverse to just like shutting him down for the season. If they're officially eliminated from playoff contention, like come out of the bye week, say, Hey, listen, man, we need you going forward. And uh, we'll let, we'll, we'll see what we have in yeah. guys like Devante Y and TJ Slayton moving forward. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side of this, you have Tevin Jenkins, who's gone from a rumored trade candidate in the preseason to one of the best guards in the league. I think PFF wow, has crazy. like fourth or something. Um, but what I've seen has really backed that up. He's, he's been, he's been good. I always thought like during the draft process, he would be better served if he was a guard rather yeah. than a tackle. Um, and I, I think he's proven that this year. So the matchup comes in. If the Bears can get a push in the middle, they put the Packers in that unenviable position of having to commit a lot of resources to the middle of the field. And then problems come. Uh, that opens up a lot for Justin Fields to keep it, get favorable matchups on the outside. And oh, by the way, like he's been bad as a thrower, but he's still an NFL quarterback. And getting outside the pocket, right, if the Packers have to commit a lot to David Montgomery, mm. then all of a sudden you open up throwing lanes. So if Kenny mm. Clark can't get traction against those two, long day for that Green Bay yeah. defense. Um, I did just want to say this because I, I actually came across it, uh, this earlier this week. Um, it's a weird, weird thing from pro football focus. Okay. So, okay. all right. The primary five defense alignment for the Packers, Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Jerron Reed, Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, they all have pro football focus grades between 59.7 and 58.1, right? So all of their defensive linemen are graded within 1.6 points of each other. And for nice. those of you who don't pay attention to PFF, like <laughs> that's insanely close. And for five guys to all be kind of in that middle, uh, that's really wow. weird. And then when you look at the like where they fall within the league, they all fall between 55 and 62. Wyatt technically doesn't have enough snaps to mm. be like listed in this, but okay. 55 and 62 out of 125 defensive linemen. So half of 125 is 62.5. So like that is the definition of mediocrity. Yeah. That we all thought from like this unit that was going to be really really strong. Yeah. Interesting. I'm glad that you did that. I don't know how you how you found that and like noticed, but like well, I just sorted the Packers defense by grade, and then I was like, where are the defensive linemen? And then it was like bang, 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 bang. Um, and it's funny because they updated this. When I looked earlier this week, they were actually within 0.9 points of each other, Um, and there was some separation uh, that happened (laughs) from from the Eagles game. I was it's just a weird thing, right? It doesn't. No, but I mean, it is. You're talking about we thought coming into the season that this was going to be a maybe a point of strength. At least you knew you had mm-hmm. at least a stud or a couple guys at least that could be impact players. 
not working out that way. But I'm getting ready to roast some Bears players here in a certain area of their team. I I knew that we had some weaknesses on the Packers roster, but when you frame it like that, let's come with some humble pie and realize we're not without our own areas of, of weakness. But let's talk about the Packers wide receivers versus the Bears corner. So I'm flipping it, right? I talked about the Bears wide receivers against the Packers. We're doing the opposite here. Uh, the Bears cornerback group has been really really bad this season. Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Kendall Vildor are your starters, and none of them have good grades from PFF. So back to PFF. Um, in fact, Vildor is the highest graded, and he's PFF's 69th best corner in football. So they have not nice. been, yeah, they've not been good, um, but also they are hurt. Kyler Gordon has a concussion. He's not been practicing. Vildor is nursing an ankle and has been limited in practice. So this is a gimpy and vulnerable group that the Packers face on Sunday. Now, the flip side, the Packers offense hasn't exactly been lighting it up this season. We know this, but this young receiving group has been showing lots of promise, right? Christian Watson's been on fire the last couple weeks. It's almost scary how quickly he's become maybe this team's best wide receiver, at least the most explosive playmaking wide receiver that this team has. And Alan Lazard has been statistically pretty meh just like the last couple weeks. He just has not been putting up the stat lines that we saw earlier in the season. But Lazard has scored a touchdown. I love this. Lazard has scored a touchdown against the Bears Every single four of the let me get this right. Okay. Four of their last five meetings, right? He scored a touchdown. So all he does is score against the Bears. And so we know that he could do that again. <clears throat> Excuse me. We know that Randall Cobb is a bear killer. He's always been a bear killer. He's looked really good since returning from his injury. And then obviously Rodgers is hurt. So that's a factor. We'll just have to see how all of this comes together and how all this impacts the other things. But the opportunity is here for the Packers wide receiver group to torch the Chicago cornerback room and really, really have a big game out of that group. Yeah, and some something else that's really exciting is we could see the return of Romeo Dobbs this week. Yeah, uh, and see what the the rookie duo can, yes. can do together for really yeah. the first time all season that, yeah. that they would they would both be healthy. Exciting. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be a really interesting one. Obviously, um, to see how Rogers kind of bounces back and um, how he's doing from a physical standpoint. Uh, we know we liked what we saw from Jordan Love, but small sample size and. Um, I think I think that's definitely going to be a, a big, big, big storyline coming out of Sunday. And then um, I'm going to flip over. Uh, well, actually, the same side of the ball you just talked about, um, and that is Aaron Jones versus uh, Bears linebacker Jack Sanborn. Last week, I identified a different Badgers linebacker, a different former Badgers linebacker against Aaron Jones, which was the Eagles linebacker TJ Edwards. And actually, the Packers fared really well in that matchup. When you factor in both Jones production and A.J. Dillon's and and this week, it's a rookie from Wisconsin and Sam Bourne who faces the task of plugging the holes against Aaron Jones. And like I said, a suddenly explosive A.J. Dillon, which we haven't seen really all year. Yeah. Pro football focus doesn't necessarily like Sam Bourne that much. But okay. uh, what I will say, I think he's been back for four or five weeks and he is at a crazy pace for tackles, like 10 plus tackles on uh, all. But I think one week uh, that he's been back from injury. And, you know, I don't know that I trust the Packers interior offensive line to get off of blocks and really get into that second level. Mm -hmm. So what happens is if the Packers want to get the run game going, 
the running backs have to make somebody miss. Mm. And in this case, it's going to be Jack Sanborn a whole heck of a lot. One-on-one in those matchups. What kind of angles does he take? How do the Packers cut those off? Can Dylan and and Jones get away from him? And I think if they want to have another high-scoring affair, this is the way to do it. Get that running game going and then get the play-action pass off of it. So um, the Packers winning that matchup of the running back against Jack Sanborn is going to be crucial. Let's be real. The way this season is going, it would not be super shocking to see any Packers fan cracking open a can of beer at 9 a.m. on any given morning. It's been a long year. But while it would be understandable, it's probably not actually a can of beer. It's probably an ice-cold, refreshing can of Liquid Death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps. Why is this delicious water called Liquid Death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable Tallboy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Friends, Liquid Death tastes incredible, and I can give you that endorsement based on my own experience. I'm not a huge sparkling water guy, but I'm telling you, the Lime Liquid Death is beyond for real and will have you rushing back out to the store for more. Add in the fact that it's a win for the environment, and it looks funny when your kids are drinking tall boys while watching the game, and you basically have a perfect product. So go get your own Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, so you're talking about getting the running game going, and I'm excited because this sets up what I'm going to talk about perfectly. We're talking about the Packers' offensive line, specifically their interior guys, right, those guards in the center, versus the Bears' defensive line. And I said I was going to roast some groups, you know, position groups for the Bears, and I'm going to keep doing it here. PFF has graded four Bears' defensive tackles this season. Mike Pinnell, who we're familiar with, Armin Watts, Justin Jones, and Angelo Blackson. Everybody knows who that is. Um, None of these guys rank in the top 100 among interior defensive lines 
in the NFL, right? PFF is only graded 125 guys total. Um, luck would suggest that you could get someone to crack the one top 100 just by the chances of it, right? But they have not been able to do that. The Bears are in a really bad spot here along the interior of the f- defensive line. Now, the Packers' interior O-line is not perfect, right? Josh Myers has had his ups and downs. Elton Jenkins has been good, but apparently gets called for devastating Eagles defensive linemen like that's just not something they allow anymore Uh, but this is a group that should be better than what Chicago has to offer on the opposite side now this section is not about running backs you just talked about running backs we've got to help Jones you know we've got to help them get that running game going we've got to hope that Jones and Dylan are healthy and ready to go in this game because obviously they're a little bit beat up because there is going to be room to run in this football game right in week two when Green Bay faced Chicago Green Bay ran the ball over 30 times, and Aaron Jones picked up 132 yards on his 15 attempts. So they wanted to do it then. I think they're going to want to do it now. And with Rodgers probably wearing a body cast out there this week, you have to imagine running the ball will be a big part of this game plan. And the good news is that it should work if the Bears' defensive line is as bad as it looks on paper right now. Yeah, and it's interesting. The the Packers played really well against Philadelphia that we didn't think they were going to be able to move their defensive line. Yeah. And there have been several instances this season where you're like, okay, well, that's a vulnerable yeah. part of the opposition. The Packers just couldn't get anything going. So, yeah, I agree with you. That that interior has been, I don't know if disappointing is the right word, yeah. but I, I don't know that Myers and Runyon have necessarily progressed in the way that we mm. thought. Certainly Myers hasn't been consistent enough. I don't know right. that Runyon has been overall good enough. Um, and that makes things difficult, yeah. right, on yeah. a lot of different aspects of the game. I do want to jump back to Jack Sanborn really quick, though. I was totally wrong. I was thinking post the Roquan Smith trade, um, oh. and when, when he actually started, like, playing, he was hurt for a big chunk of the early part of the year, but uh, the last three weeks, 12 tackles, 9 tackles, 15 tackles, so uh, making a really big impact yeah. and for the Bears to get a draft pick for Roquan and then kind of just, take this I, I think Sanborn was taking the fifth round maybe uh fourth fifth round um to just plug in a mid-round rookie yeah. and and have that kind of production Get that production is a big deal yeah for sure it's like hey oh go ahead oh no I don't want to rush you I'm just excited to get to our x-factors I uh, yeah okay let's do okay, it let's do it because every I, once in a while we're right and right uh, and I, I wanted to cut I, you off because I didn't want to let you go too far because I know that you're just going to brag about what you did last week so oh I am yep <laughs> All right, Absolutely. so let's, do it. let's bake talk that about, right into the script. Let's talk about those X factors and who's going to be the guy uh, to make a difference this week. Yeah, so so the X factors are all about like who's a player that could be a wild card in this game. Um, sometimes we pick people from like the bottom of the pile, and it's like we think this person is going to step up and make like one big play. Sometimes it's people that we think you know they're in a, the, the, a kind of role that's going to sort of continually be involved in the in the game. And I picked Kingsley and Igbare um, as my X-Factor last week, and I thought he was really, really impressive in a lot of facts, facets of the game. And he, he seems like a guy now that I could say he looks like he has a future to be a solid starter moving forward, which is way more than you should expect from a fifth rounder. Now, we've, we've seen this before, right, where players flash and then they don't necessarily take those next steps um but you know you you look at some of the metrics around him 
he's performing as well as some of those like really highly drafted first round edge players. And so that's got to get you excited. And he's going to have a bunch more run. Um, That's why I'm still excited about the season. As I said, in the onset, I know Kyle and I talk about this every week, like what's keeping us motivated to, to continue to pursue, uh, you know, Packers football and, and like consume it in the same way that we would if they were, you know, Absolutely. An actual playoff contender. Uh, but this, <laughs> this week, I'm going to concentrate. My X factor is Rudy Ford. Mm. And the Packers need somebody who's going to step up and then, like, actually tackle Justin Fields. And Ford has been an absolutely delightful development in what I view as a really disappointing secondary mm. so far this season. And I, I'm not at all worried about the Bears passing attack, but stopping David Montgomery and Justin Fields are probably like priorities 1A, 1B, 1C, probably like 1D, 1E as well. Um, and then, you know, you get embarrassed by the Eagles rushing attack, so they have to commit players going forward. But like you have to tackle somebody if you're going to commit those resources going forward, or they're just going to run it anyways. And I think Rudy Ford has a chance to make a big impact there. And he's also been really, really great in pass coverage. We know he's got the big plays, but he's just been solid back there, which the Packers unfortunately haven't had from either Amos or Savage. And so I think, you know, this is a nice trial for Rudy Ford, a chance to make himself a bunch of money this off season. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the way that he plays. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really fun one to watch, and he's an easy player to pull for, right, because he's in that situation. Um, so last week, things did not go as well for me. Um, I picked Alan Lazard as my X Factor. I actually I texted Andrew right before the game because I was like, hey, I'm in this fantasy football matchup. I need to win, and I've got, I got a couple Packers going. I've got Aaron Jones, and then I get to choose between Alan Lazard and Christian Watson, okay? And my X Factor was Lazard. So Andrew said Lazard. <laughs> I leaned into Lazard. I said, I said Lazard, but, but I am always wrong about things. So you so, should have picked Watson. Luckily, Aaron Jones carried me, and it, it didn't matter either way. I was able to celebrate the late uh, Watson touchdown without too much bitterness. But uh, So that did not go as well for me. But this week, I'm going to pick Robert Tunyon here. And uh, I talked about how the Chicago corners are struggling right now. And I think with the emergence of Christian Watson, I think the Bears are going to need to commit a little bit extra resource to the back end to help um, with some safeties and deeper coverage. So I think that's going to leave Tunyon with some space to operate in the middle of the field. And I think he'll be kind of that nice safety valve for an ailing Rodgers this week. And I think Tunyon could score in this game. He hasn't done that since week four, so it's been a minute. I think he gets a couple of big third down conversions as well in this one. So kind of a resurgence game here for Robert Tunyon. Yeah, I, re- I really like that pick as well. Um, and then we always just wrap the show up by talking about what is the Packers' path to victory. Um, quite frankly, these are two bad teams. So this could be a bit of a toss-up. I mean, I it's the Bears and Soldier Field, and so they yeah. should be favored. But then also Aaron Rodgers just always finds a way to rip their heart out. So yeah. um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of interest here. Um, I think for the Packers... It's going to be explosive plays on offense. If they can get those chunk plays, um, I I think they have a chance to put up a lot of points. And quite frankly, I don't know that this team is good enough to sustain long drives anymore. Uh, It just they they have too many mistakes. They get too many penalties. They have too many drops. And so it's going to be those chunk plays, which is like sort of the exact opposite 
as you would have said coming into week one, right? Like this is right. a team that needs to methodically drive the ball down. Now, you know, you're hoping Aaron Jones breaks that extra tackle. You're hoping that, um, you know, Watson gets open down the field. You're hoping that, uh, you know, somebody, somebody slips a, a route or, or uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, slips their coverage and then um, ends up wide open for no reason. Like, cause I, I don't know, you know, so if they can get some of those explosive plays, and we've seen a lot more success, especially since Christian Watson's been healthy, um, I think they have a really good chance. And then just slowing down the run. They they don't need to stop it. They're not going to. Uh, that's an unrealistic expectation. But the Bears are really bad at sustaining drives. And so you just can't give up lots of 8, 9, 15-yard runs uh, because because that's the way that they can move the ball. And with your corners, you should be able to dedicate eight guys to the box. And if players can execute, I think you tackle them and and you do end up winning. Now, we could have a really long conversation to end the show if the Packers fans should want them to win. Ah, uh, yes, but, yes. but I do think like that is the path for the Packers to win. That's a really valid point. I mean, we are in a draft pick scenario here where things start to matter. But it's the Bears, and you never root for the Bears to beat the Packers. It just doesn't work that way. I think that's that goes against uh, who we are as Packers fans. And so that's why Rodgers is out there this week is because he wants to beat the Bears, and I think that all makes sense. Um, but, you know, um, I think the most important factor to winning this game is if the Packers wide receivers can slip their routes and uh, just uh, really um, find a way to, to make some plays. You're not listening to me. <laughs> I, I heard what you said. I'm just choosing to not acknowledge I'm just making it. fun of you. No, okay. For, but for real, though, um, for me, it's it's feeding the running backs. Um, if yeah. they're able to get the running game going, you said that they can't sustain drives. So I'm kind of almost saying the opposite. If they're able to sustain drives and get some of that slow progress and eat away at some clock, which takes away the ability for the Bears to run, I think that that's a big deal. The other side of it is, this defense can make this game one that the Packers just... I mean, the Packers have looked bad for a long time. This could be the game where we come out of it and we're like, where has this team been all year? Because the defense could get some turnovers, right? The Bears are susceptible to mistakes. We talked about how um, the matchup between the Packers' corners and the wide receivers is so good. Like, there's some definite turnover potential there. There's the big play potential with Watson and Rodgers just torching this team, and they can't stop the run. So there's a potential for this game to be something crazy, like 13-31, to 31, and everyone's like, well, where have the Packers been? But, I mean, that's just like, I think the Packers match up well with this team right now outside of stopping Justin Fields. Um, so if they're able to do that, we might be looking at a game where it's kind of fun to watch and the Packers took care of business. But I do think that all of that comes down to feeding the running backs and sustaining those drives. If they don't do that, then it's probably kind of a, you know, could go either way. And we're, we're biting our fingernails off at the end of the game, hoping to get a win. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, it's, it's certainly a fair point. The Packers aren't good at sustaining drives, but this Bears defense is pretty bad. Um, yeah. And they just kind of continue to get worse by either trading away assets, having injuries, um, just poor performance from some players sure. that I think there were greater expectations. And yeah. certainly, like, as a Packer fan, I'm not, you know, <laughs> dismissing another bad team beating the Packers who are in in and of themselves bad. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there are several paths to victory for, for Green Bay. Um, one really interesting thing, we're not into the – talk about the off season yet we'll yeah. save that for next week by the way um but 
this is this is really really fascinating stuff and i i tweeted this earlier this week but the packers next two matchups um that sandwich the bye you have the bears and then you have the rams both really mm. bad teams yep the lions own the rams first round yes pick. yeah this is sort of like pushing for position and like right. who's going to be worse, who's going to draft higher. Yeah. And it's going to change the future of the North in some capacities. Now, right. I mean, that's not the whole picture. The bears are a franchise that have like just really bought into this rebuild. Hmm. And if Justin Fields can become a little bit better passer, this is a team that's going to have a hundred plus million dollars in cap space this off season. Hmm. Yep. They're going to have some really premium draft capital um, and they're going to be ready to hit the reset button hard and, and come back with a, a really interesting roster next hmm. season. If yeah. they do things right. Whereas the Packers, we don't know. Um, I, I think that that one's interesting. We we see the Lions kind of continuing yeah. to progress, and suddenly yeah. they're going to have a really really good pick from the Rams, who look like they're almost done for the year. And uh, yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's I, I'm again, it is going to be fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Like sometimes you have to like, well, I'm wearing a Packers hat, but you have to take a Packers hat off, and <laughs> you have to be like, wow, like. This is very interesting football from yeah. a league perspective. Mm-hmm. And then I think when you focus in on like how this is going to impact the roster decisions the Packers are going to make. And, um, you know, next week we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that during the bye. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped what's yeah. coming. Andrew has been crafting a show doc for, I don't know, four, five, six weeks. Ever but, since it looked like they, they might not be going well. And I yeah. knew I might have to delete it all. Yeah. Which, which was the risk, but. But we have landed there. We are no longer a playoff contender. And so Andrew is very prepared. And it's going to be a great show. So even though it's bye week, uh, come next Friday because we'll have a lot of fun to talk about what the future of this team looks like because that's kind of where things are headed as we maybe don't have the season in front of us that we thought we would. But um, come back next week. Yeah, we'll we'll save that for the bye so we're not alienating people by talking about <laughs> offseason stuff uh, when there's actual football to discuss. And right. so... I, I think that'll be exciting. I'm I'm certainly always excited about a Packers Bears matchup, and uh, we'll see how Sunday goes. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find me at Andrew Merting. Make sure you follow at Packer Day Podcast. So uh, whether you want updates on the YouTube version, whether you want updates on the audio version, um, you'll get them all at our. Uh, main Twitter handle. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what you're doing or, you know, follow on YouTube if I always wanted to point down like that. <laughs> and then uh, you you can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday on the audio version. Next week we'll be back during the bye week and we have a really, really fun show for those of you who like roster building, mm. uh, free agency, trades, draft stuff. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a good one. So thanks for listening and always, at, and as always, remember... <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. 
But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.